Good morning, everyone. It's the 5th of October, and I'm joined today by Nathan Sweeney, Jen Coston, and Tom Woodfield. Nathan, can you explain what's been happening in the US market last week? Good morning, Louise. Yeah, so we had uh, quite a positive week for the US last week. So the S&P was up just over 1.5%. I suppose the key focus for the market was the potential for additional stimulus. So this has been a big focus for the market over the week as there were a lot of positive soundings coming out of Congress. So we had the Democrats passed a 2.2 trillion package on Thursday in the House and, you know, so they were hoping that the Republicans would pass this through the Senate and that would lead to lots of stimulus, which would obviously help boost the economy and would feed through to the equity market. And it seemed that you had some positive support from Republicans where we had the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin saying that they would do whatever they could to try and get this bill through. But we haven't seen anything happen just yet. As we know, we saw a bit of a curveball on Thursday when Donald Trump tweeted that uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens at this stage. But if you look at the polls within the US as a result of that tweet and as a result of what's happening with regards to Donald Trump and COVID, you saw Biden's lead actually widened the weekend to 10 percentage points. Thanks, Nathan. That was very unexpected news, wasn't it? Jen, what about Brexit? What was the main news coming around Brexit last week? Last week was the ninth formal round of talks between the EU and the UK with regards to the Brexit deal. And then finally, the UK used its bargaining chip by offering a compromise on its fishing waters. So basically, Britain has offered a three-year transition period to EU fishermen to run down their catches, and then in order to transition to a new policy, which proposed proportion fishing between the UK and EU territories and to be revised every year. Also, Boris Johnson and Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission President, have agreed to formally extend the trade talks for a another month. They have both concluded that there's been enough progress to justify a last push on trade and security. So this is all looking quite promising. Barnet is in London this week, and then David Frost, our UK negotiator, goes to Brussels next week. There's hope that there might be something, a thin trade deal, ready to begin the ratification process by November. Thanks, Jen. It's good to hear negotiations are moving forward. Tom, some big responsible investing news over last week. Yes. Morning, Louise. Thank you. So on the environmental side, uh, first up, BlackRock backed fewer climate change votes at annual meetings this year than last. And this was despite Executive Larry Fink's warning in January that climate change represented a risk to markets like any other previous crisis. Uh, so many of its biggest rivals, including JP Morgan Investment Management and Wellington Management, hugely increased their support of environmental resolutions this year on the back of growing concerns uh, that efforts to tackle climate change could hit investment returns. Uh, so BlackRock supported just 6% of environmental proposals filed by shareholders globally in the 12 months to June. And this was down from 8% in the previous year, according to figures from data provider Proxy Insights. And these proposals often ask companies to report their emissions or set out a plan for a transition to a low carbon economy. Moving to the social dimension, a coalition of Canadian investors with 2.3 trillion Canadian dollars of assets under management has been set up to engage the country's listed companies on making boards and senior management representative of the racial and ethnic demography of Canada. So signatories promise to integrate diversity and inclusion into their investment processes by monitoring the practices of portfolio companies and pushing for relevant disclosure. They expect companies to aim for the adoption of policies, targets and timelines to improve diversity on boards and in senior management. 
And the investors also commit to taking concrete steps to advance their own diversity by providing training to foster inclusive cultures, collecting data to identify and address any barriers to the advancement of underrepresented groups and seeking out underrepresented voices to inform diversity and inclusion activities. And this is in addition to reporting on their progress. And we're seeing this trend across the Americas, actually. So separately listed companies based in California now face a mandatory requirement to appoint at least one ethnic minority or LGBTQ board member by 2021. Additionally, firms with more than four directors, but fewer than nine, would require a minimum of two minority or LGBTQ directors. And then companies with more than nine directors must appoint at least three of these directors, but will have until 2022 to comply. And companies in breach of this new law could be fined between 100,000 and 300,000 US dollars. And that's on the back of a 2008 legislation in California as well, also required corporations to appoint women to their boards. So we can see this social element um, on the ESG spectrum is catching up with the environmental element. Thanks, Tom. A great step to increase diversity in boards, it sounds. Nathan. What's on the radar for this week? Yeah, so I think, you know, if we think about what the market is going to focus on this week, we do have data points coming out, but I think the real focus will be stimulus because we got a lot of positive talk last week about stimulus being passed in the US. And then obviously people are going to focus on Trump on his health conditions as a result of contracting COVID-19. So that'll also have an impact on the market. We also had some positive soundings from the Democrats about putting forward legislation to help the airlines in the US. So United and American Airlines were planning to cut 32,000 jobs. So we have the policymakers looking to step in to see what they can do. So I think the key focus this week, like last week, stimulus. And Jen, is there any Brexit news on the radar this week? Yes, I'll definitely be watching Sterling. I mean, obviously, there has been encouraging news on Brexit, but still plenty to be done. As I said, Barnier is in London this week to continue talks, but it isn't all plain sailing from here. I'm watching out for continued negative headlines. The French government isn't happy with the UK's fishing proposal. And then there's still that issue with the UK's controversial internal market bill. This is making its passage through the House of Commons and ultimately Lords, but still needs to be altered to appease the EU. Thanks. And it sounds like it could be a big week for politics coming up. Thanks, everybody. And have a great week. Thanks, Thanks, Louise.